0: What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. We've got a very special sponsor to lead us off. We got Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your baseball betting needs this season as it is officially opening day. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online as a whole. Uh, Bet Online is your baseball, basketball, uh, football headquarters this season. Head to our website today and use our mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code, uh, Believe, to receive your bonus pay. Ben line where the game starts. Now to the Bruin Bible. What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. We are absolutely thrilled. We've got spring ball practice, day number one. Football is officially starting in the spring, and I am so lucky to have my boy come back on his second appearance Mr. Gavin Carlson in the house. Gav, how are we
1: doing on this fine Tuesday knowing that football is back for our beloved Bruins? Oh, man, it's exciting. It's exciting. First off, first and foremost, thanks again, as always, for having me back. Really appreciate it. Um, But like you said, it's football season. We had a Sunday women's national championship for basketball, Monday men's national championship. But it's Tuesday, and it's officially football season. And, hey, really excited to start talking about it for sure. We were both at practice at different points. I was more closer to the offensive side of the ball.
0: He was a little more closer to the defensive side of the ball. He stayed after to kind of get the Muwasau quotes and some of the other dudes. So we're going to kind of go off of just some observations that we all saw. We're going to bring up five points each on what we saw and just kind of the mood that was set for UCLA opening up spring practice. And, Gav, I'm going to just start it off. I mean, I think the people are clamoring to know – how Dante Moore looked in day one, and I am so happy to report UCLA fans that he looked the part. He looked successful out there. He did not look like an 18 year old. He went through all the drills, very fluid motion. you know, the accuracy you saw on tape in high school uh, from Dante Moore was very much there. And it was all put together in the 11 on 11 sector of you know the offensive and defensive practices merging together. And he looked like a seasoned vet out there. I think he went about six for eight in terms of the eight pass attempts he had. He was able to throw a deep ball, two deep balls to the right side. One was dropped, and one was reeled in by Josiah Norwood over two defenders in the secondary for about a 30-yard gain. He had Logan Loya for some nice little shots. Matavo, you know, over in the middle to catch a first down. This guy was balling. He did not look like a guy that had just stepped on campus and played his first college practice for UCLA So, I mean, I have to give it to the UCLA fans. I know this is the number one topic. You guys are all clamoring to hear. Dante Moore looked the part, man. And I think that is such an exciting thing as we move into spring practice. Gavin, what was the kind of the comments from some of the players on Dante Moore and his development uh, in practice number one?
1: Yeah, uh, you talked about Darius. He talked after practice. And it's interesting hearing a defender talk about a quarterback, right? Obviously, he's not catching balls from him. He's playing against him. What he said is he's smart. That's the first thing he said. He's smart. He looks the part, and he looks like a veteran. You mentioned he's 18. He's a true freshman. He's enrolled early at UCLA, and he stepped in on day one, and he could have been nervous. He could have been scared of the light, scared of the moment. Obviously, he made a lot of headlines when he switched his commitment from Oregon to UCLA, but Darius just said, hey, this guy came in confident. He came in positive, and he looked like a veteran on day one. He's very accurate, and he's very smart. Those were the biggest takeaways, But Darius said, and I agree just from watching him. He just looks he looks the part like he, he he's got that moxie about him. You know, they have the media, at least where I was all the way across the field. They got him looking like an ant from miles away. And even from there, you can tell he just walks with this swagger. He walks with this confidence. And that's what you want from a quarterback. You want confidence. DTR had it when he was here. And I think Dante is going to continue that sort of that moxie from a quarterback that you want.
0: And it's just a coveted quarterback battle, not just in Westwood, but nationally in college football. Everyone wants to know who's UCLA going to trot out as the starting quarterback. Moore did a lot to separate himself today. I'll break down just some of the other quarterbacks before I go to you on your first point of the day. Uh, You know, Ethan Garbers, I think, is going to be his strongest competition when it comes to the starting job. I was so ready to put Colin Schley over him after watching the initial warm up. Schley's got a cannon. He looks athletic. We're going to get to him in a second. But Garbers, when it came to push and shove, when it came to the 11 on 11, when the lights were brightest at practice, Garbers actually led two touchdown drives. He had the most drives out of any quarterback there. He had some beautiful throws one to TMA, one to J. Michael Sturdivant that looked amazing. Uh, was just moving the sticks. You could just tell this guy has been the system for three years and has been waiting for his job. And it's a guy that, you know, he sees Dante Moore come in. He sees a Schley transfer in. And he goes, you guys are coming in to try to take my job after I've waited for two years? He came out ready and he balled. And I got to give him credit. Schley, on the other hand, so much talent. I, I was actually, I'm shocked to say this. I was watching the drills. Windy day outside. You know, it was very cold, windy morning. Schley has a gun, dude. He may have a stronger arm than Justin Martin has. You know, the crowd was kind of oohing and aahing on the, you know, the the right side where I was at just from the pure arm strength that this guy possessed. Uh, You know, the receivers were just dropping the ball because it was perfect passes, just too fast. He's hitting the target, you know, when it comes to the drill where you got to kind of put it in the bucket type of, you know, scenario there. But then when it came to the scrimmage, he unfortunately did not play well. I think it was more of a chemistry and learning the offensive thing, multiple turnovers, nearly had another interception, um, just did not look good in the 11-on-11. 11 11. So for that instinct alone, I think Garber's is the biggest competition today right now when it comes to Dante Moore taking that starting job. What do you think about that point?
1: I totally agree with you. I was actually just working on a little piece for the Daily Bruin about the QB competition, and I had it ranked Dante, Ethan Garber's, then Colin Schley coming into spring practice. And after the first practice, I think that that ranking holds. Um, I think with, with Schley, it's it's ironic. He's the most experienced in terms of he's the only one that's been a starter for a full season at the collegiate level, but it was at the mid-American, right? It wasn't in the Pac-12. And so, you know, even if even if it's the first day of spring practice, going against a UCLA defense is one of the best defenses he's gone against, right, in his college career at this age. And so, like you said, he's got the arm talent, he's got the athleticism, but maybe you know, reading the defense and getting used to the speed of the Pac-12 and a Power Five conference is going to take him some time. I do think Garbers definitely has a real shot. Um, it's real. I think it's just going to come down to what Chip wants. Does he want to plan for the next few years? Um, does he want to go with the riskier freshman, who's obviously probably the most talented and has the largest upside? Or does he think Chip Kelly? Does he think his scheme is good enough to where if he has a solid QB in Ethan Garbers and he's got enough talent around him? That's enough to win games in the Pac-12. Um, but, yeah, I certainly agree with you. It's definitely Dante with with Ethan Garber's right on his heels.
0: I think it's just back and forth, and we're going to be able to watch that play out in spring practice. Such a fun battle to be watching. I've talked too much, man. I've got my first point out of the way. Gav, what is your number one point that you noticed when watching spring practice today and day number one?
1: Uh, for me, it was – the depth at the offensive skill position, it's ironic you mentioned it about the drops and and maybe, you know, some nerves from the receivers and whatnot through those drills today. But more than the play itself, just looking out on the field and seeing the amount of solid offensive skill players this team has compared to last year, you know, you have a lot of returners. You talked about Josiah Norwood. You talked about Logan Loya. You talked about TMA. But seeing Kyle Ford out there looking huge, seeing yeah. J. Michael Sturdivant looking like, I think he's going to be a star. I keep saying it. I'm really excited to watch him. Um, And then the running back room, we know how much depth there is this year with that. Obviously, you lose a Zach Charbonnet, but you bring in a Carson Steele. You have a TJ Harden. You still have a Keegan Jones. I just think in terms of numbers and depth, the offensive skill positions looking really strong. And, you know, whether it's Garbers or Dante Moore, I think they're almost going to be in a better situation in terms of, you know, DTR was kind of limited. He had Jake Bobo that he threw to, you know, 50, 60% of the time, and he was re- relying on the running backs a lot. But whoever's the QB for UCLA is going to be able to spread the ball around. And, you know, Chip is creative. So, yeah, I think for me, the biggest takeaway is just the amount of depth there is at those offensive skill positions. And it'll be interesting to see, just like the QB competition, who kind of emerges out of these groups, right? Is J. Michael Sturtevant going to be the number one? Is it going to be a returner in TMA? Is it going to be Kyle Ford? Um, It'll be interesting to see in that receiving group. There's two freshmen as well, uh, who's going to make their mark and and sort of extend their, their, you know, their path to the top spot in that wide receiver room. Uh, You know, as spring progresses, it's going to be real fun to watch
0: going to be awesome and i think kind of your point i think it's more preference with which quarterback gets selected right because with garbers he may have more chemistry with like a kyle ford or something like that mm-hmm. with more comes in maybe sturdivant's his guy so it's going to be interesting to see who's number one in terms of targets and reps because each quarterback kind of has the guy they're a little bit more comfortable with than another dude so it's going to be really fun to watch that play out and to build upon your points this was going to be my second one I am hundred percent with you. Jay Michael Sturtevant, I'm gonna make a proclamation. I think he is the biggest star UCLA has had at the wide receiver position, outside wide receiver position. Kyle Phillips, great dude. Bobo, very solid last year. You know, he's gonna be a fringe NFL prospect. I'm gonna take it a step further. I think Sturtevant is the best prospect, NFL draft prospect at the outside receiving room that UCLA has had. Since the likes of a J.J. Stokes, you know, coming into UCLA, I am very, very thrilled with what this guy can do. And it was just the classic, you looking at the receiving room, you're looking at who's standing out. Sturdivant looks like a freaking, you know, Olympic athlete out there, just tall, slender, lean, just looks the part. He looks the part, smooth, elegant strides, and he had that big touchdown over the middle from Garbers. You know, I think this guy is going to be a top three-round pick when his time comes to go to the NFL draft given what we know about his speed, size, and ball skills. And I think he's got a real chance. You know, it's tough because the Pac-12 is so loaded with wide receivers. This guy's got a chance to be second team, maybe even first team, if everything goes well, all Pac-12 wide receiver. Do you think that's a crazy statement? Because I think Sturdivant looked every bit of the part to get UCLA fans excited coming into this year.
1: I love the call. I love the proclamation. Uh, I think, like you said, especially if he works that chemistry with Dante Moore, I think they could have something really special, sort of, you know, UCLA fans might not like the comparison, but something similar to a Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison type of relationship and bond. And and I just think, yeah, he's, like you said, everything, you know, the physique, body, the way he runs, the, his routes, you know, you you, you sort of, sometimes you say, oh, he's a vertical threat. Sometimes you say, oh, he's a route runner. And at the end of the day, he's just an all-around receiver that's just talented. I agree what you said about an outside receiver. That's not really been UCLA's thing historically, at least in the last decade or two decades, having a stud on the outside. Um, you know, I, I remember Josh Rosen throwing to Jordan Lasley and that that being like something revolutionary for this program. So to have a guy like J. J. Michael Sturdivant, um who's, who's probably more talented, like you said, than anyone who's come in, in that room in a while. I think it could be real special. And I like the call. I think second team, Pac 12, maybe even first. Uh, there's a lot of great quarterbacks this year. There's a lot of great receivers, but awesome. it's, uh, you know, I think he has the talent for sure. I love it, man. So I got two in. I got to go to you for number two. What is your number two uh, biggest observation uh, from day one of spring ball? Yeah, I know we touched on the, the QB competition a little bit. You know, it's kind of funny. You cover UCLA football and you don't get much from Chip Kelly in terms of quotes you know he's kind of the king at not telling you anything which you kind of want from a head coach you know it might not be the best for the media but for you know the team to have a coach not slip anything it's nice but i love listening to what the players have to say we talked about what Darius was saying about Dante Moore but i like what he said the very first thing he said was oh this is going to be a competition in regards to the QB battle this spring he's and the first name he mentioned was actually ethan garber's before dante Moore, and i think it shows maybe a level of respect you know you have a guy coming back who's been in the room for a couple years um but it was just really interesting to me it was it might be a minute point from an an outside point of view but for him to say oh no don't don't get it twisted this is going to be a competition and to mention ethan garber's first i think it's interesting um i you know, it's the headline. It's, it's what everyone's going to be talking about all spring is who's going to be the quarterback of UCLA. So that's definitely my second point. Um, and then I'll, I'll jump to my third, just cause that was shorter. Um, DeAnton Lynn, that's the other headline in Westwood, yes. right? This time of year, um, obviously defensive coordinator has been a hot topic. Bill McGovern had a very quick tenure in that position and it's, it's about the age. It's about the youth from DeAnton Lynn. And he kind of showed that already. I think today it's, it's, you didn't even hear him speak, but just the way he carries himself. The very first defensive drill, I see him out there throwing balls like he's the quarterback at his defensive backs, making him make difficult catches. He's running around. He's smiling. He's, he's, he's got that energy that you want. And Darius also said it's really easy to relate to him because he's younger, right? They, they have a, a very the, – the, the group has a lot of variety in terms of age throughout the defense. There's some really talented young guys. There's some veterans but to be able to have a younger coach who can bond with all of them is huge. And he just, he's going to bring an energy to the defense that's needed. Obviously the defense has not been the, you know, very good to say bluntly for for UCLA and outside of results, you know, having a face of the defense has not been a thing for a while. And so it'll be interesting to hear when he starts speaking to the media, um, what type of guy he is, but in terms of the energy he brought, uh, just from an outside point of view, you can tell that it's a different vibe and, You need change right now for the UCLA defense, and he's definitely going to bring that.
0: Yeah, and I even felt that too. You know, the sideline was going nuts on the 11-on-11s. They'd get a turnover. And just the overall vibe that the defense felt on the first day of a new regime kind of coming in defensively, it was a breath of fresh air because this is, you know, in a lot of ways the defense has kind of hindered the success of UCLA from what they could potentially be. So I think with Lynn coming in, bringing in that, you know, that youthful energy, I watched some of the interview too where – he Mwasa pointed the fact that, Hey, this guy has, you know, made an NFL roster before we're trying to learn from this guy. I think when you have that trust factor where this guy's been to a place that I want to go and I'm just going to learn I'm going to, you know, soak up everything he says like a sponge. I think it, the, the odds of, you know, really buying into what he's, you know, preaching and, you know, giving to the defense, I think it's great. And I just the whole vibes from day one from DeAnton Lynn was great. We got to see it on the field coming forward, but I really, really liked what I saw from him. So that's a great point, man. We're really excited about De'Anton Lynn. Gav has got three points in, so I love to hear what we got going on there. My fourth point, um, the best receiver of the day was not J. Michael Stern. It was not Kyle Ford. It was not Logan Loya. It was my guy TMA, man. TMA lit it up. He had two long touchdown catches, was taking punt returns next to Cam Brown and Logan Loya, Made a couple beautiful catches in the 11-on-11 and 7-on-7 sections where he just got so quick out of his breaks. And he's really building upon the success that he had in the Sun Bowl. Really the last time we were able to see him, you know, the big touchdown over the middle of the catch he made with the Pittsburgh defender draped all over him on like a 40, 45-yard gain on a beautiful throw from DTR. TMA looks poised to be wide receiver number three. And that's even coming back with a guy like Cam Brown who was very productive in that game as well. Uh, Logan Loya who looked really really good when it came to the offensive side of the football I would peg TMA actually as being the number three wide receiver going into camp I'm gonna have the two big bodied wide receivers on the outside and Sturdivant and Kyle Ford but TMA is my guy in the slot do you think that's a crazy statement given what we know about Cam Brown and Logan Loya had a great practice too so is that a crazy sentiment thinking that TMA would be wide receiver number three
1: you no, know, it's funny. It feels like every time you have a point, I agree with you. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if that's what they want to hear, but I, I agree. I think what you said about the bowl game last year is, I think, the biggest point of all. You saw flashes. I remember watching that game and kind of wondering, wait, why wasn't this guy getting more opportunities during the season <laughs> almost? He looked real good in that game. And, uh, you know, that, that bowl game, it's ironic. Between him and what Garber showed at the end, it was kind of like, wait, maybe we're seeing the future of the UCLA offense. Um, but in terms of TMA, I don't think it's a crazy take at all. Um, I think. You know, we talked so much about J. Michael Sturdivant being maybe the number one, Kyle Ford maybe being the number two, but TMA, I think he has every, every opportunity to be the number three in the slot. Um, he, he has the ability to be an outside and inside receiver. And I think that's important too, because Chip Kelly likes a lot of variety. He likes putting guys in motion and, um, I think, yeah, he's definitely going to contribute, whether it's, and I don't think the depth chart really even matters that much for wide receiver because I feel like there's a lot of guys that are equally skilled. It's not a clear number one, a clear number two, like it might be for an NFL roster. I think these guys are going to come in and out. Chip's going to be, you know, making all sorts of substitutions throughout the game. And TMA is definitely going to have a lot of opportunities. Uh, so we'll see if he can create a bond with either QB, both QBs, every QB, and see what happens throughout the spring. But he's definitely he's definitely got the upside, and, and that's what you want to see right now when there's a lot of time still to develop. Yeah, and I
0: think people forget this guy was a four-star recruit coming out of high school offers from Michigan, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Oregon, Tennessee, SC. I mean, this guy was a baller. So, like, I think he fell under the radar because UCF was the school he wanted to go to, actually for his fellow Hawaiian Dylan Gabriel at the time. And now he comes to UCLA, highly recruited guy. You don't think of him as that because he came from UCF, which was a non-Power 5 school. But This guy could have gone to a lot of different places and put up big numbers. So the fact that UCLA's got him in, I've got him slotted in at wide receiver number three right now. It's the first day of camp. A lot can change from that. But I really liked what I saw. So that's my third point when it comes to this. Point number four, Gav, uh, really interested in your takes moving forward. What is the fourth point that stood out to you?
1: I, I think it's, Question marks at safety and interior defensive linemen. I think yeah. you know it's only been one day. There's still plenty of time to learn a lot about the the team in terms of personnel. Um, but you know those are two positions where it's anyone's ball game. We talked about Jay Toya being the guy um, to lead that interior line group. But really behind him, there's there's question marks about who's going to be that number two. Um, you know the the team has done a solid job defensively. Their one strength has been stopping the run, and obviously interior D line plays a huge huge role in that. So no one really stood out based on what I saw in drills and and the 11 on 11 there. And then in safety as well, there, there was a couple turnovers, um, but I think it's still anyone's game in there. There's a lot of young defensive backs on this roster, um, and so I think corner is going to be set. We know Devin Kirkwood's going to be you know, running the show. We know Jalen Davies is going to be running the show. You're really set there on the outside cornerback position. But in terms of safeties, there's a couple transfers, a couple young guys. It'll be interesting to see who can sort of separate themselves as camp moves on. But I I guess you're, you're kind of always looking to see who makes that first impression, and no one really stood, stood out. And maybe it's because there's equal talent in the room or maybe someone's going to develop and, and, and break away as camp moves on. But just some maybe question marks, maybe that's a little bit too harsh, but just some intrigue there in those two positions and who's going to make a name for themselves as spring moves on.
0: Yeah, excellent points. I was away from the you know defensive side of the football when I was on the opposite side watching the offense. But what I saw from the 11-on-11 11 11 and what I've read upon Two names to stick out, fans, for people that can really step in and help out. Keanu Williams enrolled early you know, after transferring from Oregon. So I think that's a big addition to the interior of the defensive line. I think they're banking on him maybe starting a little bit. And the name that kept coming up, the coach, I'm blanking on him, secondary coach. Um, he was not Cody Whitfield. It was somebody else out there coaching the, uh, the, the secondary. Kamari Ramsey, he was doing some good things over there. So Ramsey might be another name. He was kind of the number one recruit in the 2022 recruiting class for UCLA. I'm expecting a jump from him. Jordan Anderson's obviously from Bowling Green. Didn't get to see a lot of him today, so I'm not 100% sure on what's going on there. But those are the two names, you know, and and Williams and Ramsey that I really expect to step up for UCLA, you know, if they can fill those two gaps. So hopefully that does come to fruition. I'll kind of keep it uh, for my fourth point on what needs to improve for UCLA, The offensive line was inconsistent. It does take time, especially with a lot of moving pieces, you know, moving around. You know, Duke Clemens, very, very solid interior offensive lineman. We're grateful to have him back. Outside of that, you know, this defensive line has a lot of talented players. So Latu was getting in the backfield pretty easily. No surprise on that. But I just felt like the quarterbacks didn't have enough time today as as a whole. And, And to the area that you would like to see more, I know Garrett DiGiorgio You know, coming back at right tackle, he may be flipping to the left side. Maybe it's Kadir Kauna, the new guy. Didn't really get to see a lot of Kadir Kauna from what I was able to gather. But, you know, it was just – it was an inconsistent group is the best way I could summarize the offensive line. Um, But I thought the offensive line was going to be brutal last year. Tim Drevno did a hell of a job when it came to that. Um, How good do you think this offensive line can be? Because I think it's the only part of the offense that UCLA fans can be concerned about going into the, the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like I said, the, the depth of the skill positions is as good as it's ever been. And obviously there's a lot of intrigue at QB, so it's really going to come down to the offensive line. And it's been a strength, like you said, even though there's question marks coming into last season, it ended up being a strength of of the team. Obviously, the run game was so amazing. And sure, you had Zach Charbonnet you know, being as talented as he was. But there were a lot of holes, and, and the protection for DTR was solid throughout the year. I think what you said about DiGiorgio moving to left tackle, I think that's an interesting prospect. Especially if it's a young guy in Dante Moore at the helm. You need a veteran or you know, somewhat veteran on his blind side, protecting him to make him feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, but in terms of the interior, like you said, two huge losses with Mafi and, and gains being gone. And so with you know, do you have the experience at center with Duke Clemens? He spoke to the media after practice and was saying, you know, Drev's gonna, you know, Coach Drevno's gonna 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 get the offensive line playing better. Um, but I, I agree that that's going to be the biggest question mark on the offense and maybe on the team and the whole team in general just because of how important offensive line. It's, it's always the most understated aspect of every football team, regardless of if college or the pros. Usually the best offensive line teams are the ones that win games. And so it'll definitely be interesting to see if, if kind of the question marks can be answered by the time summer comes around or obviously at least once the season starts in the fall.
0: Absolutely, man. So that is the one area I'm really honed in on and seeing the progression. That is the area of spring ball that I'm really most excited to see. I'm comfortable with all the other positions. Get O-line right. This team could win double-digit games easily. So very excited for that. Your final point, Gav, what do you got for me? Final point of day one of spring ball. I know we're going to be doing this a lot more when it comes to just the spring ball observations. But, uh, buddy, what do you got for me?
1: Yeah, it's uh, back to what Darius was saying after practice about the scheme specifically. I thought it was kind of interesting. They, he was asked, oh, is it different with the new defensive coordinator? Obviously, DeAnton Lin coming in. He said, no, 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 scheme is is pretty similar. Um, and I think, you know, you hear that and you think about the success or lack thereof that the defense has had, and maybe there's some concerns. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's more about how the scheme is implemented than the scheme itself. Um, you know, sometimes people question seeing the cornerbacks ten yards off the line of scrimmage, um, and stuff like that might worry some fans. But to hear that, you know, the team is confident in the scheme, confident in what D'Anton Lin is bringing. He said there's new terminology. There's always going to be new terminology, new you know packages, new blitzes, all that good stuff. And to hear the scheme is the same is definitely an interesting point. And I think. As time goes on, if there is a lack of success, that might be something people bring up. But at the end of the day, that's kind of nerdy football stuff in terms of the scheme itself. But at the end of the day, what result, what matters is the results and the talent is there. We keep talking about it. So it'll just be interesting to see how DeAnton Lynn tweaks the defense and if it really looks that dif- different because there's all this talk about him being such a different coach in terms of he's young, he still has the NFL experience, but he's going to be a little bit more aggressive. He's going to be a little bit more modern thinking and maybe rely on defensive backs a little bit more on one-on-one coverage because he's a defensive back coach by origin by trade um but to hear the scheme's kind of similar as to what it was last year it's it's, it's interesting so we'll see how that develops and it's it's only day 1 we keep saying it, it's day 1 things will progress we'll see if there's any weird wrinkles or anything like that but it'll be something to look at going forward if this defense really looks that defense looks that different in terms of how they play it'll it'll be interesting to watch
0: as long as they can continue to generate pressure with the front four, which I believe will be the most tenured and, you know, just talented defensive line they've had in a long time. I think they will be just fine. I believe that UCLA will just kind of be very sound when it comes to the secondary and linebacking rooms as well. So very excited for that. I've got two kind of last points before we sign off um, for my final points of spring ball practice I know we're all talking about the quarterback competition. We're talking about who's going to be RB1, who's RB or wide receiver one. Why is nobody talking about the tight end room? It's so deep, you know, and I got to see it up close and personal today. Maliki Matavo, tight end from Oregon, made some plays out there, but he's going to have his hands full. Habermill was out there looking sharp as well. You got Carson Ryan returning for his second year of action with the Bruins. And Jack Peterson, who we didn't get to see a whole lot of last year, was a big physical tight end as a whole. So just a lot of great things going on there. I think the tight end battle is something we got to keep an eye on, especially with all the talent in that room. I think there might be more talented tight ends, you know, when it comes to just individual talent when it comes to the Pac-12, whether it's Benjamin Yurasek at Stanford or Connors at Arizona State. But one through four, I can't seem to find another team that has so many options in that position group. So a lot of good things going on there. And then just my other point, man, the secondary made some plays today. I think that's a reason to get excited moving forward. Multiple turnovers. Alex Johnson, actually, the redshirt junior, he's a slot corner. He had back-to-back interceptions, had a pick six. Devin Kirkwood picked six to the house, batted a ball out. They didn't really go after you know Jalen Davies you know, because he was more like an island. It was more like a Revis Island type right. of scenario. The safeties may have some question marks, but I was feeling very confident with the corners and what we saw from them, you know, given the level of quarterback and skill position players that were out there, dude, give me your takes on the corners and as well as the tight end battle moving into spring ball camp.
1: Yeah, like what you said about the tight ends is a very good point. You know, there's so many storylines. I feel like this offseason, there's always storylines. It's UCLA football. It's football in Southern California. But I, with all the storylines surrounding QB and, and wide receiver, you definitely forget about tight end, and you forget about how important that position has been. With Chip Kelly at UCLA so far. Obviously Greg Dolchitz turned, you know, a, a solid start to his career into an NFL, you know, uh, an NFL resume at UCLA. And obviously now he's on the Broncos doing big things already. Um you looked at what happened last year with Michael Aziki, you know, had big moments, had big catches. And and like you said, even if the talent, there's not one guy that stands out. Chip is always going to have a tight end on the field because of how much he runs the ball. He wants to have a physical team that's got a tight end blocking at all times. And then he wants to be able to pull out that play action, have his tight end slip out and make a play, especially in the red zone. So I think it's a position that people forget about because there isn't a big name, but it's just as vital to Chip's offense with how physical he wants the team to be at the line of scrimmage. So great point there. And then, yeah, in terms of the corners, I agree. There's questions at safety, but like I said, earlier the corners feel super secure and that's a great feeling to have because there's a lot of talent in the Pac-12 on the offensive side of the ball and so to know you have two corners in Kirkwood and Davies that are going to handle business regardless of who they're going up against that's a great feeling you know like you said the front four is going to get pressure and if you have Davies on an island doing his Revis thing like you said and then Devin Kirkwood sort of being more of that risk taker more of that Trayvon Diggs type of jump passes and be a little more aggressive with safety help behind him it's going to create a lot of issues for opposing qb so i agree it's nice to have some security at a position that might have felt scary in years past and it'll be interesting to see if with the coach like danton lynn who is a defensive back coach who's going to get those guys playing at their best you know that, that gives a lot of potential for ucla's defense and so it'll be interesting to see how they develop Day one in the books, my main man, Gavin Carlson, coming
0: out here. Make sure you're following him on social. Make sure you're following the Daily Bruin and everything he's bringing for UCLA football. Make sure you're liking and subscribing to LA Football Network, the YouTube channel, all the content we've got going on. Make sure you're plugged in. Gav,
1: any parting thoughts on day one of spring ball? No, just really excited to get back into it. Like we said, there's so many storylines surrounding this team. We're going to be talking about Dante Moore, Ethan Garbers throughout the offseason. And, you know, just thanks again for having me back, Will. Really appreciate it. It's going to be an exciting, exciting time to talk about UCLA football and appreciate you giving me and the Daily Brewing a shout-out. So let's keep it going all spring long.
0: Let's keep it going, fellas. We will see you guys later. Have a good one. Stay tuned.